Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Saddle again, OC season two. So we we came back, Eighth and Ocean. We had fun. We had, we fun. had fun with We it. had fun. Yeah. And but then like as soon as we got back into the OC, it was just like ah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, right. Yeah. It felt it just felt so fucking right. It felt like you were getting into a hot tub. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, I've been in a really cold pool or like in the ocean. The Pacific Ocean's really cold. And then you get into a hot tub and you're just like, oh, it feels like butter. Felt like we were walking around in loafers, like work shoes all day. And then we came back and slipped on some gym shoes and just everything felt normal again. Oh, yeah. You know, we always talk about that. Like, what what are the all-time just best feelings in the world? Like, you pants take, off. P- take your pants off after a long day of work. You might or, not know this about me, but... I consider myself the best in terms of speed from entry to the door after a day of work to pants off. It's like probably five seconds. I'd like to test that because I'm pretty quick. You're pretty quick? Yeah. I mean, we can <laughs> we gotta test. But yeah, we could do a race. Other things on that list are like when your clothes get wet or you have like your wet socks on or whatever and you take those wet socks or wet clothes yeah, off. That's one of the awesome oh, God. feelings. What were some of the other ones that we've discussed? Just... Just best feelings. Uh, a brand new pair of socks. Yeah, new pair of socks. Well, mine seem to be foot themed. Heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Do heroin. Um, OC season two feels like we just tied off and just slipped some heroin into ourselves. Or free base. We free based. Whatever yeah. that is. We free based. Crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're free basing crack. I've we're only seen free basing in the movie Traffic, filmed in Cincinnati. That's a fun. That's a fun fact about the city of Cincinnati. Another movie that's been filmed here, uh, Airborne. Crushed. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed. Please go out and watch that movie if you yeah. have not. Um, okay, so we're getting back into the OC. Um, we so we're gonna do episodes one and two. So for we're gonna try and make this a little easier for anyone because what we're really trying to promote is people going back and watching the show living through us while we're living vicariously through these teens. Oh, that's meta. I like what yeah. you just did there. So this is episode one and two of season two. Please watch them, then listen to this podcast because it's going to make so much sense. Um, also just going to give a quick background. We, we breezed through episode one because honestly, we wanted to get to the meat of this, which was episode two. Episode one was essentially, if you remember... Going back to the end of season one, Seth just acted like a little bitch and ran away because his new brother, Ryan, got some girl pregnant out of wedlock and had to leave and go back to Chino and live like a vagrant idiot. He's doing construction, but still. you You know he's doing construction and he's back in Chino because he's always got a wife beater on and he's got a five o'clock shadow now. He was doing construction, living in Chino, clearly... And pretty much every scene you saw him, absolutely miserable. His counterpart and baby's mama, Teresa, 
was having the best time of her life. And I guess clearly she started to realize that she, he wasn't feeling the same. She, yeah, and the, the, the way that they really showcase this is they have her show up to Ryan's place of work at, well, I guess when he's going to the construction site at like 6 a.m., she packs him a lunch. Apparently this is like the most disgusted Ryan can ever be in life, is his girlfriend just packing him a lunch. She made a big mistake. She peeled his orange for him, which he apparently was not allowed to let anybody see or else that would have been the end of him in that social scene. Yeah, she just peeled his fucking orange. I thought Ryan was acting like a real douche in he that scene. He freaked out. It, not a big deal. I mean, hey, cool move by her. She knows that, hey, like like you're eating a PB&J, your mom knows when you're growing up. He doesn't like the crust on there. He doesn't like the crust. Saves him a step. So, yeah, I, I, I pulled the crust off. PB&J with no crust. That's all Teresa yeah, was doing. So I thought that was just a nice little little nugget. She is kind of having a really good time in their life. She's bending over backwards to make sure that his life is good. He's just so fucking miserable that any little any little bit of something that doesn't go his way, he's yeah, gonna freak out about. Yeah, so he's doing that, um, and then just to not catch, appreciative. He's not appreciative of just good gestures by mm-hmm. by loved ones. So we learned that about Ryan. He's now in. Um, so Seth is in Portland because he sailed away after Ryan left, like we said. So he sailed to Portland to live with Luke and Luke's gay dad. Um, the reason I say Luke's gay dad because Caleb calls that out at the beginning of this episode when he meets with Sandy. He just goes, uh, I just don't understand. Seth's best friend left. So he ran away to go live in Portland with his new friend and his gay dad. Seems strange. <laughs> It was totally uncalled for. It was uncalled for. Uncalled for gay bashing by Caleb. It was definitely uncalled for gay bashing. It made us both laugh a little bit, but it was me. That said, we still love Caleb. We realize that. Um, I want to say about this. So the the main things we're going to cover in just the episode one is that he goes to Portland. I think that we've realized, and I've especially realized, that Sandy's parenting tactics are one of the most fucked up, insane Fucking things. He's real hands off. Real takes his hands off the wheel and just hopes for the best. It's a lot of like, hey, Kirsten, no. No parenting allowed. No discipline allowed. These kids are 16 and a half. They know what's right and wrong. They'll do the right thing. Which, when you're 16 and you're watching the show like we did, that's your dream dad. Mm. Just kind of lets you be your own man, lets you figure things out yourself. But now, like you were saying, watching this back as a 30-year-old, you kind of see it in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, hey, Sandy, you know what? Time to actually get a little hands-on, tighten the belt, and make some fucking rules. Any rules around the house. Any rules. Just do a a little work. Just do a little work as a parent. You're just going to let your 16-year-old son just go to fucking Portland and live there? Just never come back home? I'd just be like, fuck that shit. You're coming home. There would be no, like, discussions with him. There's Sandy's doing a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, Seth, what do you think, bud? Do you think that uh, maybe this isn't the best idea? Like, maybe you learn also, from your ways? Also, no, no dad-to-dad conversation with Luke's dad to be like, listen, I know he's trying to do this thing, but you really can't let him stay with you. Yeah, beat the shit back. out of my son. Beat the shit out of my son. So um, by the way, there's no more awkward moment than the, so the four of them, Luke, Luke's dad, 
Seth and Sandy having dinner. Seth and Sandy are just having it out, full-on <laughs> argument, airing yeah. everything out at the dinner table yeah. as their guests in these people's home. And they just keep having these background shots of Luke and his dad just eating silently, staring straight forward. Always the worst position to be. Yeah. It, yeah. I've, you're, you're always just like, shit, 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 please stop arguing, please, because you're making me so awkward. Yeah. I think that's about it in that episode. I mean, we were we had another one of those moments of, oh, clearly this just didn't test for shit. And it was uh, about Sandy's restaurant that they peppered in at the end of season one. We were kind of talking about how they made him seem, they wanted to make him seem blue collar. So he'd wear like shirts that said like the Bronx on him. And then they put him in these insane dad jeans. It was clear it just didn't test for shit. But they realized, like, at the start of season two, oh, we do have to address why he isn't at the restaurant working there and, like, why he's back to being the only lawyer in the county of Orange. So they were like, Luke's, Luke's dad just, like, loosely says to him, like, hey, so what's up? How's that restaurant going? And then Sandy's just like, oh, oh, yeah. Um, oh, it didn't work out. Um, so moving on. Didn't they? There's a whole scene. I think they sold it to Caleb, right? Yeah, and then they, he sold it for more profit. So Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah, they couldn't get a liquor license because Jimmy, again, Jimmy's the only financial guy in the county of Orange. He fucked over the guy on the on the board. What they had to do was Caleb just bought it because he could get a liquor license, sell it, and then he gave Jimmy like walked away with like a million dollars. Two that actually dovetails into Jimmy's dream, which is what he's doing at the beginning of this season, which is just. Fucking being a complete waste of space. Just having a bunch of money, no ambition whatsoever, and just sitting there and just sucking air until you die. He's living on a boat, wearing <clears throat> a lot of white linen shirts, drinking. Yeah. Just much. Just lo- loving life. Yeah. His hair looks a little better, which is cool. He's also got a little bit of a five o'clock shadow coming in, nice tan, but he really is just wasting space. Jimmy's still a gigantic fucking loser piece of shit. So I will never, ever think anything otherwise, even if he gets cool hair, cool facial hair, if he starts wearing, like, really cool, like, fucking Hurley shirts well, I mean, if he, if he starts wearing Hurley shirts, that's going to be a good look for him, but it's, it's not going to It would make yet. sense. because Well, what's a brand that was around in the 80s that's no longer around? Because pure usually is probably wearing that. Because all he does is live in the past. He doesn't live in the present, ever. Um, okay, that's about it on episode one. Jordache jeans, something? <laughs> yeah. That's about it on episode one. So, let's just get into episode two, because this is, like, where the the meat The show this. really does just start episode two, pretty much. They realized they had all these storylines at the end of season one, and they, they you could tell they, like, had all these like, great ideas for season two, but they had to do something with all these yeah, storylines. they had to they tie left. them all up and yeah. get everybody back into the OC. And then, yeah. They had all these cliffhangers, and they're like, oh, shit, Seth's in Portland. We yeah, can't make we a gotta show. we got to get Seth that. back in Port- from Portland. we got to get Ryan back from Chino. we got to kill that baby. That- we got to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> that was, yeah. Let's just start episode two um, with the baby killing, because that was essentially... So at the beginning, just to get you caught up, you know Teresa... Um, Ryan, Ryan just gets a call when he's trying to get Seth to move back home into the County of Orange from Portland. He gets a call and it's from Teresa saying, we lost the baby. And it's a lie because after she says that and Ryan looks like depressed and shocked getting that phone call of like, damn, my son is dead. Yeah. They then show Teresa and her mom's in the room and then her mom's just like, you did the right thing. 
And it's like, what? How is that the right thing? Now this kid's going to grow up fatherless. That seems like... I'm leaning towards that's definitely the wrong thing, but it's definitely <laughs> yeah, not the right it's thing. Like, it was like the mom just takes this like high ground, this this ground of like, you know what? It's best. Ryan, he's not happy here. So you know what? Fuck this kid. This kid's going to have a horrible growing up, like in a horrible childhood, and then he's probably just going to start committing crimes. That was weird. Um, so anyways, Ryan handles hearing about the death of his unborn child about as relieved as you could possibly be. I was thinking like Ryan handles it like he's at the doctor's office. There's a question over whether or not he has like chlamydia and he's not totally sure. And then the doctor calls him and he's like, hey, Ryan Atwood, Ben Buttons McKenzie, you do not have chlamydia. You are chlamydia free. Here, I'm going to try and reenact the, the breath that he takes afterwards. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Your son is dead. Uh, <laughs> hopefully the relief in my breath just <laughs> come through on that. Um, yeah, so they just killed off Ryan's unborn child. So then I will say, though, like or season two, episode two, that first moment that you realize we're back is when they go to the school. We're right back into the goodness. I was hyped even before that in the pool house. The two were just bantering. Uh, whether or not they should or should not go to school. Yeah. I was just like right back in the pocket again. Yeah. When their contractor dropped them off at school. It was when... You're throbbing at that point? Yeah. It was when they they went back into school. They walk up and then the girls, Marissa and Summer, see them for the first time after they've been gone and they didn't know that they were coming back. And then they see them and it's like, oh, fuck. Like all that sexual tension... Oh my god, it's just like in an instant, it's right back, and you're just like, fuck! Yep. Like, both of them, you just see it on the looks on their faces, they're like, oh my god, oh my god, they're back, I didn't know that. The girls are thinking like, so this is where we gotta introduce this fucking DJ and Zach guys. I mean, clearly, the guys were gone. They were gone. Theoretically, for good, Ryan had a kid, moved back to Chino, he said, I'm out guys, it's been good to know ya, I'm out. Seth sailed to Tahiti, or not Tahiti. Well, he said he was, he said he was going to go to Tahiti. He ended up in Portland. He only made it to Portland. <laughs> he was going to just stay in Portland and freeload off of Luke's dad for, I guess, ever. Full rights for the girls to dump them both because the guys said that they were gone for good and not coming back. So I mean, are they, the are they girls, just going to yeah. wait around? If for you're them, the or? girls, you got to do that. You got to make you got to make moves. You can't just wait on these guys. You don't know when they're coming back. And also, it's like a little fuck you to the guys. You know what, fellas? Absolutely. You want to bounce? You know what we're going to do? It's like an extra fuck you to you. Little little extra dick on the side. Yeah. Little, little side dick. We've been little busy, side. fellas. We've been real busy without you. Sucking dick. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the fellas come back, and it's clear the girls are like, oh, fuck. They both have got dude situations. This is also, by the way, classic. This is how it always goes. If this... Girls have options always. Constantly. the options. You know who doesn't have options? Dudes. Dudes. <laughs> so, like, so the the guys leave. Obviously, Seth has been hooking up with no girls. Ryan's probably been hooking up. Well, yeah, because he has a kid. Or a kid on the way. He's been playing house with this other fucking 16-year-old chick. Then he cut to the girls. Both girls. They're set. They're good to go. So it's just like one of those things. If you're a guy, you gotta like pounce on the opportunities because guess who doesn't need you ever? 
the ladies, <laughs> they will just move on. They always have options because there's always dudes looking to hook up and get with them. Yeah, you really, I think that was a hard lesson for both of them. You really got to have that planned out in ahead of time. Like, all right, I'm going to try to do this whole thing where I go away for three months. I have to know that within, uh, let's say, maybe a day, a day and a day and a half... <laughs> She's going to have something new lined up. Yeah, there's always, so we always say, there's always a plan B waiting in the wings. Always. There's always a dude who's ready to fucking pounce at all times. So you got to like, you got to be careful, especially if you're in high school. As a guy, I feel like if you are some, I think because some guys do have a plan B type situation, but you got to kind of be a bad actor in that situation. You have to be kind of sneaking around working for that plan B on the side while you have a girlfriend. Here's a girl th- could be perfectly faithful and like a great person, but there's just guys swimming around her like sharks Here's that the are thing. just ready yeah. to pounce. There's always sharks swimming, circling your girl. But your your girl is always just assuming she's been friend-zoning them. Like, she's put out nothing in there. But that's the thing is, guys can take a friend like a friend zone from a girl and totally will always take it as this girl showing me any attention whatsoever I'm in she wants to hook up it's on she must want me bad (laughs) when in reality she's just going no we're just friends dude I don't share the same insane sexual like underlying feeling uh, like that you always have (laughs) with a girl who's just nice to you and talking to you (laughs) Oh, this girl's nice to me. Well, where is that's only I can only lead uh, one conclusion from that. She wants to have sex with me. Yeah, but that's the that's to your point about the difference though is when a guy has side girls on the he's not just being nice because he's had to have been manip like working to yes. get that girl. He's into the him. shark. He's the shark. So. If you're a guy, you're a piece of shit. I feel like that was a big time compliment to girls. Hopefully it didn't come off as misogynistic because that's... It probably did, but probably You know our heart's in the right place. It was a compliment. You guys are awesome, ladies. Ladies, you know our heart's in the right place. We're essentially saying you always have the power over us. And it sucks. And we suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So let me just dive into... This guy DJ though. So the the as we were saying, both these girls, Marissa and Summer, have got some side dick over the summer. These side dicks are both fucking real weak dicks. They're weak dick dudes. I hate these guys. One of them is the fucking help. He's the yard guy. That's Marissa's guy. His name is DJ. Loser piece of shit. <laughs> Whoa. Look, as much as I shit on Marissa and Ryan, I don't want someone coming into my bubble. And fucking shit up. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't like when people come into the bubble, but I feel like in the show, all the characters were super hard on the yard guy, and you just tripled down on that. That yard guy can go get a dick real hard and go fuck himself. I liked I liked uh, Marissa's. She pulls in, or no, her and Summer are talking, and she admits that she's hooking up with DJ, and um, she has to like admit this, like it's this big secret to Summer, and Summer's like, "Oh, that's fucking gross." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Even though he's like a really good looking guy, he's always got his shirt off, but she has, she's like so ashamed about it and it's gross because he actually has to work for a living. He's got a job and that's the most disgusting thing you possibly do. I feel about DJ and all these other side pieces is like, it's like when you're ripping on your family, like you rip on your family and it's totally cool. It's like, oh yeah, my dad 
fucking being a real dick. And then if someone else goes, yeah, your dad was being a dick. It's like, hey, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's my dad, man. That's how I feel about this show. It's like, hey, Ryan and Marissa want to fuck up with each other all the time. That's cool. But then when they bring in these extra people, I'm like, fuck right off, guy. So then the other guy is this Zach guy. He He's like a water polo dude. He's getting with Summer. Seth, it really pisses him off because he's got the same interest as Seth. He's like into comic books, but he's just like the hotter... Yeah, he's a better, more evolved version of Seth. He's a hotter guy. We see Whitney over here and she's uh, she's fanning herself off right now. A little peek behind the scenes. We have to turn the heat and AC off or else you really hear that in the background. Oh. Sorry. No, I was seeing Zach. Yeah. That's oh! Was, yeah, we were on the same page. Oh, I thought you were saying that. No, she's a Zach fan. So. Oh, interesting. That's good content. Yeah. So apparently intern Whitney is feeling Zach hard. Okay. I'm also conflicted because I also feel Seth hard. Wow. So for the females watching... They're probably able to put themselves in Summer's shoes pretty good because... This is interesting. She's got to choose between two hot hot guys. Yeah. Okay, so Whitney's coming in. Intern Whitney's coming in because we need just need a girl perspective on this. Because I was thinking, you know, when Alex, Olivia Wilde comes into play, I have that same thing where I go, I really love Summer. She's like the girl next door, but Olivia Wilde is like the hottest chick I've ever seen. Beautifully cast. So, intern Whitney's here. She just watched the OC for the first time for work, for, you know, learning purposes. She can't work here unless you've watched the show. Makes and sense. so, we, we brought her in because she, she's got some hot takes. Apparently, Zach is your cup of tea looks-wise. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. But you like Seth's gameplay a lot better. I'm feeling Seth's looks, too, but Zach is kind of his alter ego in that he's got some of the nerdy tendencies, but, like, you're saying more of the athlete's body. So are you just... Oh, okay. So you're just into, like, the nerdy type of dudes who are, like, athletic as fuck. Like like Pat. Yeah. yeah you know, Pat's, a, Pat's an athletic brute force, physically. But then internally like he loves lord of the rings and he mm-hmm. loves teen tv yeah. yeah and that's like your speed okay yeah. so like ryan is just not that your... does nothing for me he doesn't do much for anyone i mean yeah. are there ryan guys no, out i there? don't think there's any ryan guys i mean you're, you're ryan, oh ryan girls you mean like, yeah ryan, yeah oh yeah ryan or guys guys what is equal look if we get if yeah ryan fans yeah okay so what is it about zach what is it about him because i look at him as a dude like you're coming in, and I don't like his. I don't like his game. Like I don't like how he comes in and like yeah. snakes in like a little weasel bitch. But see, I, I feel like he was a nice guy about it though. You know, like he tried to be pals with Seth. Seth kind of fucked up, and that's why. Who would you choose? Seth ultimately. Yeah. But Zach is more mature at this point in time. Because he's thirty-five. Be a, <laughs> that, well, well, that might have something yeah. to do with it. But I can see where Summer's like, this guy doesn't have bullshit I have to deal with. So what would you do if like a guy leaves like that? This is like the number one guy, your first love. Mm-hmm. And he just bounced. He just left. And then you're like, well, I wanted to be with you, dude. Mm-hmm. And then he just left and it like forces your hand. Then like this other guy who's pretty good comes along. But are you ever able to like let go of that? If that first love like wants you back... Like, how would you let go of that? 
I don't think she does. I think this is all. She a does. Ga- it's not, a game yeah. to let him know. Don't you ever fucking do something like that again? And so Zach is really the pawn in all this, which is I feel sorry for him. Yeah, he's, he's also- the pawn. But I don't know if she's saying in her mind right now that it's a game. I think she's sitting there saying like, no, like I legitimately should give this guy a chance. I think she's. Trying I think that's to- happening. She's trying, but she's never gonna actually. Let go. And she knows that deep down. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. She wants, she wants to move on to Zach more than anything. But at the end of the day, it's like, Hey, I'm never going to let go of this. Especially if this guy's pushing the envelope. Marissa knows it's a game because they're besties, but Summer doesn't know yet. Yeah. Zach's kind of her Anna, you know, Anna is to Seth as Zach is to Summer. Wait, say that again. That... Who? Zach is for Summer what a little bit of what Anna was for Seth. Because like Anna is just a genuinely good uh, person. Like, yeah. It's like a genuinely nice person. Yeah. And so is Seth. Quirky I mean, and, and so is uh God, that's so true. It's like but that was a good comp because that's exactly right. Like Seth's going, I should be with this girl. I should be with her because mm-hmm. our interests match up, same thing there. She should be with Zach. Because like She's the hot, popular girl. He's the hot, popular guy. They just keep coming back. They're like a force coming back. Magnetic. So it's like easy choice versus more complicated route. I'd say it's true most times people like the complication. That's so So true. true. I don't don't take this podcast. I don't like the interns coming in here and making these fucking statements. Should we start paying her? No, definitely not. We're not going to pay her yet. But that was so true. You should leave on that note. I'm going to drop that wisdom and get out of here. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Goddamn. That is true. You go, to the, you go to the more complicated, tough situation. It's so true. Fuck. Sorry. That one's just... That was so true. Okay. So, this, this is a good transition into my MCITW of the week. And by a good transition, I mean this is no transition at all. We are completely zagging here instead of zigging. Let's get off of Summer and Seth, because we're going to get back to that at Kickoff Carnival. I am gonna, I might spend an hour and a half on Kickoff Carnival. Like, looking forward to it. Honestly, <laughs> like, uh, like that, that Kickoff Carnival is amazing. So I want to get into Marissa and DJ, and to do that, I want to do the MCITW of the week. Officially unretired. I thought it was retired when I didn't know if we were going back to the OC. Now that I know we are, there's no way... To not have a Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week for every episode that we see in this fucking show. This one is easy. This one is Marissa is the worst. Oh, by the way, shit. This is the reason. Whole reason to do this is because we're fine sponsors at Wicklow Wear. W I C K L O W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at WicklowWear.com. Put in the promo code VL at checkout. VL at checkout. Get ten percent off your entire order. That is just good value. Real good value there. Wicklowware.com. Okay, MCITW. Marissa Cooper is the worst because she's been fucking around with the help all summer and she has no ability to have sex with dudes who are over the height of 5'6". Mm-hmm. She likes them short. Marissa's a tall girl. She's probably 5'10". Without any heels on, she's 5'10". So she's always got to wear flats and stuff. That's fine. What I know about tall girls is that they're into tall guys. Yeah, that's it's like their number one. Almost always true. So, one of my one of my good friends, 
is a tall girl. She lives in New Jersey. We're going to try and Skype her in at some point. She's a big, big fan of teen dramas. Excellent. She's tall. Her number one thing that she's into is height with dudes. That it's makes, like the number one thing. That makes tons of sense. So the fact that Marissa is just fucking around with all these like five foot four guys, it's completely not, it, it doesn't ring true for me. I can't buy into it. I hate it. Anyways, Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week because she's a very attractive girl. She can't find any other 16 and a half year old to have sex with. She's really attractive. She's smoking hot. All these dudes in high school would want to have sex with her. She's got to fuck around with the fucking yard guy? What? <laughs> Why is that? Don't well, do that. Also, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback onto this because she... She's especially bad in this episode because it, technically she's uh, DJ's girlfriend at this point. Exactly. And so she kind of doesn't break up with him, but Ryan comes back in the picture and he's obviously a better catch than the yard guy because he made, <laughs> you know, he has to have... Because he was adopted yeah, he he by a rich family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's better. He's yeah. definitely better. But anyways, so she's she just, into poor... She basically cheats on the yard guy with Ryan and then by not telling Ryan about the yard guy, she's cheating on Ryan she's with double the cheating. yard guy. She's double cheating. MCITW of the week. She's double fucking double cheating. Double cheating. And Figure your shit out, Marissa. God damn. I mean, apparently there are no... Are there just no actors? In 2004, were there no actors in LA like vying for roles on this hit... This number one hit teen show on know. Fox? I will that say... That are over the height of 5'5"? Five, five? Who knows? I mean, if you're a tall actor, get in a time machine and go back. Where, where go back they, to Los Angeles and start cleaning up. Where are the young uh, Hemsworth brothers? Are they still abroad? Uh, we had to wait for them a couple more years. Unfortunately, <laughs> where are they? They were coming. They were on tall. the way. Don't worry. They were probably in the right age range. I'll think of Hemsworth in this. I mean, damn it! Can you imagine um, Chris Hemsworth and Marissa Cooper hooking up? Could you imagine Fuck. Chris Hemsworth as Ryan in this show? Well, then I'd actually... Shit. We probably wouldn't even be here right now. We, we would just be living in Orange County. We would have moved, moved out there and tried that. <laughs> yeah. There's a weird scene. I don't know if you were picking up on this. When we first meet DJ, like, she just pulls in the driveway and we see him, like, yeah. with a shovel or something. Shirtless. She goes into a room. Yeah, he's shirtless. She goes into a room and then all of a sudden he appears like a serial killer yeah. in the door frame, And sure he's just is. staring at her out of focus. And then all of a sudden we see Marissa. Then you're like, is he beating him. off in the doorway? Yeah. It, and then all of a sudden he comes like silently, slowly walking up to her. And it's this whole, they set up this thing like he's about to assault her. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is this, is this about to take a left turn? We got and rape then he, happening. Get, yeah. It's, and then he gets up in her face. You still think there's going to be a rape. Yeah. And you're just kind of nervous for Marissa. Mm. And then all of a sudden they just start making out. And then it slowly start to process like, oh, okay, they probably had a thing throughout the summer. And then they have a conversation, but they set it up like he's going to fucking murder. Yeah, and um, another point about this that we were saying is that apparently in 2004 in the county of Orange, you cannot be part of the help that does yard work on houses or anywhere in this. You cannot be a day laborer in this county unless you have your shirt off. At all times. Yeah, you got to keep the shirt off. We out. Don't wear shirts. We missed this, but the very beginning of the very first episode in this season, the Cones are getting their house remodeled. 
There's no less than 25 YMCA guys. completely shirtless <laughs> you know jack guys doing construction work to the point where it's... it's just, There's just It's clear for casting, central casting just went to Chippendales and just said, hey, we need 20 of your, your yeah. hot shirtless dancers. Just have them take the cuffs off their wrists and come on in here and be the, the, the help at the Cohen's house doing the remodel. No on their idea house. why that was put in there. Definitely a weird choice. <laughs> okay, so MCHW of the week, uh, brought to you by Wicklow, where be free and explore. Go after a year. 10% off DL. Okay, so the other storyline happening here is that Caleb is bribing city officials. Um, we're just gonna set that. Let's just like let that seed sit. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to go into the full reason why that's important, because that'll come up later in the season. But just know, right now, he's in trouble. They're saying he's bribing city officials. He's saying it's not true, but they got documents. We're putting that little taster into a pot, turning it it on low, and putting the lid on. Just wait for it. Um, Okay, let's get into kickoff carnival. Let's just go there. Because so much magic happened here. At kickoff carnival is where I want to give my first tip for the kids. Kids... Do not do grand gestures. They never fucking work. Don't do them, kids. Sometimes shows make you believe, kids, that grand gestures are like the way to go. In real life, grand gestures just come off sociopathic and creepy as fuck. Don't do them. Save yourself the heartbreak. In season one, Seth famously stands up on top of a coffee cart and professes his love to Mar- uh, to Summer in front of the entire school. He says, take me now, lose me forever. Famous line. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. She actually does. She does it in front of all the cool kids, all the water polo kids. Guess how that would go in real life? The nerd gets up on the coffee cart as the girl's doing a kiss- kissing booth mm-hmm. <laughs> at your high school for just everyone. Yep. Offering $10 a kiss. That was weird. When the nerd gets up on the coffee table and professes his love to the really hot cheerleader type girl... Um, you know what happens? That girl says, like, ooh, gross, get the fuck away from me, you fucking weird loser douche, weird guy, and then he just gets his ass beat. And everybody's uncomfortable. And everyone in that school thinks that kid, that nerd, is the creepiest fucking loser of all time. Yeah. And he, guess what? He gets no pussy. Yeah, none. He's just going home, feverishly masturbating for the next 17 years of his life. Yeah, it's it is just it's rough, and I feel like as awesome as that scene was in the show, it is definitely a lie to the kids because if a girl does not like you, doing some big grand gesture is just not going to get her to like you. Moves you're gonna no needle yourself. You're going to embarrass her. Even if she's, she's probably going to hate you even more. She's probably going to go from having no feelings about you to just just not liking you. Yeah. So the reason I say that is because the first thing at the kickoff carnival, Seth is like, oh, I'm going to get her back by doing it. This worked This worked last year when I stood up on the coffee table and professed my love to her. So I'm going to get up on this like hot dog stand at kickoff carnival, profess my love to her, steal her back away from Zach. It just didn't go well. Yeah, that was a bit of an honesty from the show. It's yeah. like It was like a, kind of a self-effacing. They're like, we know we threw this out there season one. It was outrageous that it actually worked we're gonna try and have him run it back and and show you how it really goes in real life i will say also at this kickoff carnival goddamn marissa looks so good yeah you were i mean i hate about her it. but you liked her hair oh her hair that hairstyle is like we were talking about in previous big, episodes what, what was it a big barrette guy like pulled back like this yeah it's kind of disingenuous because we were talking about in the last couple episodes how like 
we don't focus on hair at all as dudes. But then, like, as soon as I saw her hair, I'm like, that's the one hairstyle where if I see it, sorry, I have two. I only have two that I notice. And I don't notice hair color or anything else on ladies. But. Give them to me. If she's got curly hair, naturally really curly hair, it's my weakness. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know that about me. Um, along with a raspy voice. That's not a hair thing, but that just gets me going. Mm-hmm. Sucker <laughs> Yeah, I know these things about you. Um, here's Then the other one is what Marissa's hair was in this episode. It's pulled back in the middle. I don't know if it's like a, what'd you say? A bur- what? It's like a barrette. Like one of yeah. those things that you clip your hair so back in. So it's down on the sides. And I don't then know the, if a barrette is a thing. Yeah, I don't know either. It's just, it's pulled down on the sides and then the middle. Whitney, what is that hairstyle? I didn't see it. In the middle, it just goes back and it's like got a barrette or something on it. And yeah. then on the side, it's just down. And it's yeah. just like pulled back in the middle. It doesn't really have a name, but yeah, it's just, it's in a barrette. Yeah. Okay. Nice, I nailed that. Yeah, Pat nailed that. Um, so what ha- what happens if a girl comes up to you, she's got curly hair, it's a little bit down on the sides, and then the front is pulled back in a little barrette, and she <clears throat> walks up to you, and I'm she's weak just in like, knees. Hey, PD. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Does that get you going? Uh, not manly enough on the voice, but, uh, yeah, the hair, yeah, but I'd like you to I couldn't do a rasp. How would a rasp be? Hey, BD. Hey, BD, hey, what's up? It's been a while. That's your thing. Abby, Abby Smoker with curly hair. I, I like a girl who's had at least, uh... 55 straight years of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah. <laughs> You'll deal with the lung cancer and all that comes with that later in life. But right now, I would just love that voice. <clears throat> yeah. So I have a boner as we're sitting here imagining that with nice. that exact voice you just did. Um, okay. So I just want to get into we realized. And when I say we, I mean Pat realized. This is a good, a good idea by you. Full credit to you. Thank you. That we need to start to give a little homage to... The lines in, in some of these episodes. A lot of good lines in this TV show, oh. if you haven't noticed. Oh my god. I mean, so many quotable lines that I still love to this day. So, this... <clears throat> what are we calling this? Mmm, that's good stuff? I think so. Okay. Mmm, that's good stuff. Mmm. That's what we're going to call it, because that's the only reaction we can possibly have when we hear some of these fucking lines. If you're sitting on the couch with us right now, we're both on the same couch. We're pretty close to each other. It's more of a love seat than anything. <laughs> and one of these lines came across, you'd hear an audible, mmm, from both of us. So that's, that's yeah. we mark it down yeah. when we feel that so way. So this week, the mmm, good stuff, is... This first line, and this is from, uh, this is a conversation, again, a kickoff carnival between Ryan and Marissa, and this is Ryan crushing Marissa. So this is amazing because this is Marissa just being made to look like a total idiot, which I love because she sucks. And, okay, we're going to play the clip. Here you go. Friends? Ryan, we're not friends. We were never just friends. That was the problem, then. See ya. Mm. Guess that's the problem. See ya. Peace. He's just that. Peace. And it's like so good. Such a fucking dagger. 
of like, yeah, fuck you, Marissa. Clearly, we're, we're yeah, we're never friends. And then you know what? That was the problem, bitch. So fucking dudes. It's just one of those lines that's just so true because we like, what do they talk about? They would be nothing friends. Nothing. There's just some people like some guys and girls can't be friends. Yeah, these two are a good example. And that's actually probably more guys than girls than you think. It's actually probably more rare that a guy and a girl are just genuinely friends than at least one of the parties is trying to hook up with the other one. Wouldn't you agree with that? I'd say that's true. I have some girlfriends. I know it's totally possible. But I would say more times than not, one of the two, the girl or the guy, has feelings for the other person. We'd have to do some research. What do you think? Come on in here. She's back. Bring her back. We'll bring her back. I think you're right. I just think that about girls going into it thinking it's just a genuine friendship, but I think you know when the guy likes you, you just pretend not to. Like, but you pretend that you don't know. You're just wishing it wasn't true. Yeah. Because it's going to ruin everything. Yeah. You prefer to just be friends, so you want to keep it that way. How, like, miserable of a feeling is that when you're genuinely not into a guy, and if he tells you he has feelings for you, are you just like... No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking it all up. Definitely. But then also, I think, yeah, you just prefer that it go unsaid because then you have to deal with it if they say it. And then do you ever, because then I get the feeling like uh, now it can never go back. Now you guys yeah, can never be friends again. Yeah, it's never again. the same. Yeah. But I do think a lot, I think more girls are capable of just being friends with guys than the reverse. Yep. Guys have no interest in girls, uh, usually. I I think we've talked about this plenty of times. It would just be weird, like, if I I just had, like, let's just say I started hanging out with a girl that looked like Olivia Wilde from the OC, and she was, like, super cool, and I just liked her because she was like, oh, like, oh, no, she's a sick drummer. Like, she's going to start playing with us. And we, like, I'm always talking about her, and she's coming over to hang out. You'd be like... I will kill this person. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely yeah. weird. So I always so like, took that stance. I always took that stance. But then like once I got married and then it was like the, it like cut that off a little bit of like always looking through guy-girl relationships through that lens. of Like is this a potential person I could have sex with? That kind of went away a little bit. Yeah. And because I think like, like I have really good girlfriends now. So I don't know if it's like. As you get older, you yeah. can start to have that more. Like one of you, I feel like once relationship, I feel like you're finding a certain maturity about yourself. Yes. Once relate, right. once you're like set in your relationship, I feel like it makes it a lot easier to then have friends of the opposite sex. If you don't, yeah. you're just constantly looking at it through horny eye eyeglasses. If, yeah, if you're still dating around, that I guess that would be tough. Unless I did, there's definitely examples of it that work perfectly fine. But I see what you're saying about, like, if you're always talking about this girl, even if your wife is going to be like, all right, take it down a notch. Yeah, but the looks factor is important to consider. Yeah, is she a threat? Is she not a threat? not attractive or you don't perceive her, I think it's an easier pill to swallow. But it's still still a weird... Because as much as I'd like to be evolved and say I wouldn't care at all... You're human. It's human being. Human nature. Yeah. Um, okay, let's keep going on the show. The second line is this. What do you want from me, Colin? I just want you. No, you don't. You had me. You had me at Chrismica in a freaking Wonder Woman costume, and you chose Anna. 
You had me three months ago, and you left. I want to make that up to you. It has nothing to do with me. It is about you, and it is always about you. What you need and what you want, you know? It seems that you only want me when you can't have me. You like the chase, and that's all. So you know what? You can have it. Oh, God. It's so good. Mm. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me? Come. I just want you. That that line carries a real special place in this guy's heart. Oh, I know it. Because that line, I delivered that to my wife back in college when we were dating freshman year so many times. Don't know what that game tactic was, honestly. Well, I mean, please rewind just a quick bit and tell okay. this whole story. So my whole thing, my whole gameplay with girls was always to just constantly... I knew that they were never into me initially, and I was into that, because if a girl, like we've talked about, if a girl was into me initially, I had no time for you. You disgust me. Why? No, no, no. Confusion. I'm just confused. <laughs> but if a girl's disgusted with me, now I got something to work with, now okay. I got a challenge, and now I'm intrigued. And so, she obviously wasn't into me because she was dating someone else. My whole gameplay an element of my game was always you just are constantly like jokingly telling a girl how much she's into you. Yeah. Like constantly like getting like, it's like God, a nice you're little obsessed with me. God, I know you're so obsessed. Is this cause you're so obsessed with me? Is that what's going on here? It's okay. It's okay. I always just say that like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I get it. You have what? So like, it's, it's, you don't, you feel ashamed because you're so into me. I get it. But you're always kidding. But, but you're, not. you're always kidding, but you're always So not. she can never, she can never be like creeped out by it because you're just, you're clearly yeah, kidding. joking around. But meanwhile, you're brainwashing her. And, and it's, the, like, <laughs> it's like inception and like, you just always want that to be on her mind. You always want that to be floating in around in her mind that that possibility could exist and like, I feel like eventually over time, she's actually said to me, and I don't know if this is me, I think that this means it worked, but <laughs> she said to me, she's like, because I would always like, somehow like always be quoting those lines, this line from this show of like, you're... What I'm trying to get to is you, you printed out the lines from this show. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never printed them out. Yes, you did. I would just have her say them back, like, say back those lines of, like... Oh, okay. Because I, oh. I just remember you making her repeat those lines from this scene. I would, but I would do it, like, because they say, like, you only want me because you can't have me. And I would make her say that to me, like, she couldn't have me <laughs> type of thing. And that was so not what was happening. Anyways, the point is, is that she said to me, this is, like, the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life, which she, at one point she was like, I think I realized... Like after a couple months or whatever of like you telling me that you, that you knew I was into you, like eventually I like realized, oh my God, I think I am. I like Seth And she Cohen. was like so pissed that she realized that she actually was into me. Nice. So you won. <laughs> I won and she lost. She lost. You won. Okay. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to cover? I got an MVP for the episode. Okay. Uh, this is a new segment we're trying out this time. My most valuable player is Caleb Nickel. He's and a, I could get on board with that. You liked his, you yeah. liked his performance? Yes, yeah. I liked his performance this episode. I mean, it was just a classic. When you kind of, throughout the show, you add it all up. It starts off, he's having like a secret meeting in a parking garage with Sandy, telling him that his phones are tapped by the FBI. He's all creeped out and spooked. 
the next scene is he's just downing a whole bottle of scotch at a bar by himself in the morning. Yeah. Uh, at a certain point, he does this weird thing where he rejects Sandy's breakfast that he cooked for him. And it <laughs> kind of seemed a little racist because he cooked him, what was it, locks and eggs and rye toast? And it was just, the most Jewish meal you could possibly Yeah, and he someone. just looked at it like it was... It's like, we get it, Sandy. You're Jewish. We yeah, get it. And, I mean, and we get it. Uh, you schmear bagels all the we time. Get it, Caleb. You beat over our head with it. <laughs> we get it, Caleb. You're racist. Right. <laughs> um, so he's your MVP because he's racist? And he no, also, it's because he was all over the place. He got hammered. And then at the very end of the episode, he gets arrested by the FBI. And his line is, as he's gone, as they come in, he's just like, what took you so long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just a fucking cowboy. This he's whole such episode. a badass. I mean, yeah, so this episode, if, if, if it was like in a sports sense, he just put up like 32 points. And it wasn't even honestly like the loudest 32 points. No, it, it was exactly. like It was a quiet 32. Very but he quiet. was just churning out like production. You look down at the stat line at the end of the episode and you're like, 32 points and 13 rebounds. Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Very efficient game. Wow, great. Yeah, great underrated uh, episode by Caleb. Yeah, no, good point. I actually, I could get on board with that too because of just his one line where he, he was commenting about just his, his overall old man confusion over Seth moving, sailing to Portland to live with Luke and his gay dad because his best friend left town. Yeah, he was just like, does, just that, like that, does, does that mean Seth's gay dad? <laughs> yeah, like or... in his old man head, it was just like, seems strange, is Seth sucking the cocks? Is he sucking the dicks and the cocks? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was cool. And the last thing I'll say about when he gets arrested, you're right, totally badass line where he's just like, what took you so long? Fuck yeah. Pussies. Cuff me and stop talking about it. The other thing I was thinking is, Miranda writes, Mm -hmm. do cops ever, ever in shows get past the, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will use be used against you in the court of law. They never go past that. Yeah, I'm pretty, there are more rights. There's more. There's a whole lot more. The Miranda. I'm pretty sure they're like, you have the right to an attorney. You have the right to... They list out oh, yeah, all yeah, these yeah. rights. They don't just say, you have the right to remain silent. You have a few more rights than that. Yeah, give me my rights, TV cops. So, if I was getting arrested in a TV show, I'd be like, read them all, bitch. Sandy, read them all. get them off on technicality because of that. <sighs> that's, why he's, that's why he's the only lawyer in the county of Orange. Okay. Should we call that an episode? We'll call that our first hour-long pod. Wow. And, you know, honestly, I don't blame us because we, we got, we watched, last Saturday, we watched 10 straight episodes of Ethan Ocean and it was like, we needed this because yeah. we came back and it's just like, fucking, it's so good to be back. It's so good. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.